What is up, everyone? My name is Jack, and you're listening to the Dev90X podcast. Today, it's day 43. It's a Saturday, and it's actually not a Saturday when I'm recording this. A few days ago, I asked myself the question, what would this look like if it were easy? And one of the hardest things about my life right now, honestly, is recording this podcast every single day. Record, because it's not just recording. Uh, it's planning. For, well, even before planning, it's getting work done. <laughs> it's progressing. It's taking steps forward. Then it's planning the podcast itself, planning the content, writing the content, and then, of course, recording the content um, in an environment that is conducive to audio recording. So it's very, it's very difficult to do this every single day without a break and still live an interesting life. And so what I'm actually doing today is I'm hiking a mountain. I'm hiking Mount Batur in Bali. And I thought it would be so much easier for me to do my podcast today if I pre-recorded it so that I'm not having to fight against the, uh, the schedule <laughs> to try and create space and time and to make my life a little bit easier. So today is actually not Saturday when I'm recording this, but when I post it, it is Saturday. So the title of this episode is Strategy Assessment. What is the minimum effective amount I need to learn? We're almost at the halfway mark now in the project, in the challenge. And I thought it would be a good time to have a bit of a discussion around my current strategy. I haven't done too many of these round table, war room kind of strategy sessions where I'm looking at the battlefield and planning my next move. So I thought it'd be, it would be fun to, to have a crack at that. Currently, I've got four different paths forward. Number one is that I can continue or even begin to take tutorials and customize the tutorials to my needs. Uh, so this one itself kind of has a, a dual fork option where I can just do a tutorial series such as the 100 Days of Swift tutorial series, which was, which is exactly the same as what I had done in the web development world. Um, and those tutorial series help a lot. They take you through a lot of the basic core foundational knowledge and they do it in a way which is really structured and often pretty fun and project-based so you can build a portfolio at the same time. So there's a lot of value in doing these tutorial series such as the 100 Days of Swift with Paul Hudson. The problem, well, one of the problems is that not a lot of the tutorials available suit my specific need. So if I'm just going to go out there and just say, go on raywenderlich.com and find tutorials that are close to what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a handstand computer vision app. That's also a game. Um, so far, I haven't been able to find a single tutorial that really hits the nail on the head, if, if you know what I mean, um, where it's very, very similar and I can almost build my app just from one tutorial. Of course, in a tutorial series, generally you don't have, uh, <laughs> there's definitely no tutorial series that are specific for just building machine learning apps uh, that I'm aware of either. 
And usually it's kind of like a subcomponent of a course um, or a section of a course where you'll cover machine learning. And a lot of the time uh, it's talking about the old stuff because the activity detection using computer vision is still pretty new. Uh, it came out in you know, late 2019, early 2020, I'm pretty sure. And there's still not that much tutorial content around this. So I am lacking uh, in the number of tutorials available to me that are very, very highly targeted. Another problem with the tutorial method is that a lot of the tutorials focus on learning UI and views in the beginning. So you spend an inordinate amount of time just doing UI and views. And um, my app doesn't really... I know that this is a core skill when it comes to iOS development, but my app doesn't really need that right now. It will eventually, but right now I'm just trying to test out the, the core concept, test the core idea to see if it is even viable, which is extremely frustrating because I'm so close and, and yet so far away from testing the actual viability of this computer vision concept. Another problem is that uh, vision framework applications, from what I can see so far, seem to be using a fair amount of complexity in their structures and, and the use of the language. So they're not exactly beginner-friendly apps if you want to kind of do tutorials that will help you learn the language. So taking all this in, into consideration, just doing tutorials as my method is... It is not easy. It's de definitely difficult. So my next strategy item is that I can take bits and pieces from example apps and open source apps and then kind of stitch them together. So in this scenario, I'm not really building the app myself. I'm more stealing the app or borrowing code from other projects and then kind of piecing it together. The problem with this method is that it requires that I understand the code. It, and it requires that I understand code to a pretty high level. Um, and not just the code, the little bits and pieces that I want to take, in order to really understand which code I can take or which code I can draw you know, heavy inspiration from, I, I need to understand the entire project. I basically need to see the entire project from a bird's eye view uh, you know, the MVC pattern applies here, or the model view controller pattern, or the MVVM pattern uh, applies here. And so I can read into the architecture of the design and see how things are interrelated between different, you know, Swift files. And, and then using the search feature, I can search for the keywords uh, that I need, and then I can go through and find where they all are in, in the files and map their dependencies and figure out <laughs> what code I can steal. It's honestly, it's not really viable to, to just copy code from, from other projects. It's, it's, it's really difficult. And I, I find that really interesting, actually, that this whole dependency web where you have, you know, code, that, you know, a function that, that has a type of a class that, you know, has methods and parameters that, you know, have different names and they call each other and everything's just kind of interwoven into each other. Um, 
it makes it really hard to just, you know, copy little bits and pieces of a project and then paste it into your project because usually it's just not compatible. <laughs> uh, and another problem with this method is, it, I, I think I mentioned this already, that it takes a long time to read and understand another project. For me, at, at my level, my current level of understanding, it's taking a really long time. I got to say, I've been focused on two projects. One is the action and vision project from Apple, which is a beanbag tossing game that uses pretty much every aspect of their computer vision framework that they can use. They use, they do pose activity classification, human pose detection. They detect the contours of a playing board. They detect the trajectory map of the, of the beanbag as it flies through the air. They do the angles, they do the speed, they do everything. And they even turn it into a game so it counts and it has logic and game rules. And they use GameKit to ma manage the state of the game. And so it's, it's like a really full featured example app. And, you know, I've been, I've been trying to, you know, read through this app, try to understand it, try to find bits and pieces um, of code that could be useful to me. And I still don't really understand this app. It's, to me, it's, it's like really high level. So there's that one. And then there's the yoga, yoga vision app, which does pose detection on two different poses, mountain pose and plank pose. And this one's a lot simpler compared to action and vision. However, it's, it's still very difficult for me to understand. And I still don't fully understand how it all works and how it all fits together. And I've been working on this for over two weeks now. So this strategy is, it's not really a viable strategy to take bits and pieces of code from example apps and to stitch them together. What you can do is you can draw inspiration from these apps and design patterns. Um, you can kind of copy the design pattern, but you can't copy the code, you know, word for word. You pretty much have to change everything about the code. Um, but you, you definitely draw inspiration and these apps are very helpful for learning. So the next strategy is to hire someone else to build the entire thing for me. And I now know that this requires an iOS specialist. So I can't use a Flutter developer, for example. And there's a lot of those out there. It seems that you know the Eastern tech world has been moving more towards Flutter, especially if you look on Fiverr and you look for you know, mobile developer, there's, there's a lot more flooded developers popping up now. And iOS is, it's a, it's a niche specialty. Not only is it niche, it's also not exactly a simple thing that I'm trying to do. And the vision framework is also not old. It's fairly new. So what I'm, what I'm asking someone of is probably that they're going to have a bit of a learning curve and I'll have to pay them for that. So I haven't really fully explored this route yet as I'm not that excited about it. Um, I did start talking to a few developers on Fiverr and I realized that, you know, it's going to cost a fair bit of capital if I want to just hire someone good and they build the entire prototype MVP for me. So the problem with that is I don't have enough money right now and I don't have a proof of concept or any kind of traction with the, with the idea that would enable me to raise some money to do that. Uh, and 
So it really does fall back on me being able to get or demonstrate a proof of concept. It also doesn't result in as much learning for myself. So if I do hire someone, I would step back to being more a managerial position and managing that person's workflow and work output. And also just kind of design. I would step back into the design role um, and testing, of course, uh, as well. So more of like a product manager slash project managerial role, which I have experience doing and I, I, I'm definitely capable of doing that role. But it's, it's, it, it doesn't really expand my skill set right now. And that's what I'm really interested in is, is demonstrating to myself that I can, I can also, I can flex this developer side of me. I can flex this you know, software engineer muscle that I have inside of me and um, gives me a little bit more hope for the future that I'm, I, I am able to adapt. So the last strategy is to build it all from scratch myself. And when I say from scratch, I mean from scratch. Like we open up an empty project and we're not taking another project and just sort of customizing it, but we're starting from, from blank slate. And this requires that I gain a fairly high degree of fluency in Swift and implementing you know, my own custom design. The problem with this is that most people take around six months to learn iOS development from scratch. And at this point, you know, you probably just finished like a decent amount of education materials and a decent amount of example projects that you can um, could have kind of put in your GitHub. But these projects are usually not that complex. I suppose it depends on the person as to how much you can learn in six months and how many hours you would put in on average each day. Uh, I am putting in a lot of hours and I have most, most of my time being allocated towards this. So I could definitely have a good outcome in six months, but also this is, this challenge is three months. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to squeeze that, that six months down into a considerably smaller chunk of time. And this is all about optimizing now. This is about what is the minimum effective dose? What is the minimum effective amount that I need to learn to achieve the minimum effective outcome? Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going lean. <laughs> and I think that's the right way to do it. I think lean is the right approach. Um, however, having said that, I do have this intuitive sense that if I, if I try to build it from scratch, which means going back to the drawing board of just doing doing learning tutorials just for the sake of learning. So I'm not even really focused on my project per se. I'm more focused on just learning um, that I will run out of time because I know that those tutorial series don't really cover so much of machine learning implementations. It will definitely help me with learning UI and views and view controllers and you know all of the core skills which I'll, I'll need that as well, but I feel like a kind of hybrid approach would be better, a sort of top-down and bottom-up approach. And um, this, I'm, I'm pretty sure, is, is the way forward for me, is the hybrid approach. So what happens is that I use a mix of all of these strategies, uh, except for hiring someone. When, when we talk about hiring someone, what I really need is help from people or a community where I can ask questions 
and get answers and maybe even buddy up with someone, maybe even do like some kind of code, uh, code share where, you know, I help, I help him or her with their project and then they help me with my project and we can sort of have these one-on-ones where we share time, timeshare. That would be something that could potentially help. Um, because two minds is always better than one, or usually better better than one. And even if it means trading one hour of my time on somebody else's project, it means I'm going to be learning at the same time and um, helping them out. So I think that could be something interesting to explore. Um, So yeah, hybrid approach. Uh, What else does that include? So it's top down and bottom up, which means that I, from a top-down level, I take the the apps and the projects that are as similar as possible to what I'm trying to build, and I read and understand them as much as possible. I draw a lot of design inspiration and code inspiration from these projects, and where I can, I can copy snippets of code and just kind of paste them in. This does sort of work when you have common things that um all the all the different apps do say opening a camera feed that's basically boilerplate code uh, at a certain point of, of course you can customize this and and do a whole bunch of different like camera buffer feeds data feeds and things like that where it doesn't it's not always the same at all definitely not always the same but the boilerplate template code shows shows its pattern as you look from project to project, and that definitely can be copied. And then the bottom-up approach is that I do continue doing uh, core core learning, and I, I do continue doing the lectures and the tutorials, and you know, learning just Swift in general, learning the rules of this programming language and the syntax and the grammar and the and the patterns. Um, so that's the bottom-up approach. So what's the minimum amount that I need to learn? This is a really hard question to answer, to be honest, um, because in order to understand enough of another project, uh, especially if these other projects are pretty advanced using a lot of advanced and kind of high level concepts and high level code, you need to have you need to have a pretty strong understanding of Swift to just really grasp what's going on. Um, and that that kind of you know you don't really have that you can't do the top down until you can do the bottom up in in a way but it's also true that they both happen at the same time and they both help each other so trying to tackle things that are too difficult to understand for your current ability level it what it does is it raises those question marks in your mind and then when you go back to doing the bottom up approach you learn those things faster because you're already aware of the the pain point behind that unknown. Um, I, I guess the best analogy I can use for this is the learning a language example. So I'm learning Bahasa Indonesian and the bottom up approach is doing things like Duolingo. It, you know, it holds your hand from the very, very basic level and you don't really have to think. It's just kind of a giant language tutorial where it gives you the whole translation all the way along. And then the top-down approach is reading Harry Potter. And so I'm actually finding that the top-down approach is more effective 
if it's enjoyable. If you can enjoy doing it and you can, can continue doing that, it's definitely much more effective in this case. But it's also, it also can be too difficult uh, in the beginning. And when you, when you have no comprehensible input, it's um, demotivating. It can be very demotivating and very not fun and uh, doesn't work too well. So a combination of both in the beginning, I think is great. Um, and bonus points if the, if the difficult thing can also be made fun. I guess um, bottom-up approach example in coding would be the Swift Playgrounds Learn to Code series. Uh, learn to Code 1 and Learn to Code 2. This is kind of like the Duolingo of learning to code, I guess. <laughs> um, very well-designed tutorials. Not, not really tutorials, just little coding challenges, little coding puzzles that you have to solve. They don't really teach you a lot about real-world app building, but they do teach you a little bit, and they are really fun. Um, but if you were to do just that, then you would never be able to build an app like the one that I'm trying to build. So that's, I guess, that's the analogy that I'm drawing here is that uh, you use both, use both. Um, so I definitely have to understand all the basics of Swift, have to understand how object-oriented programming works, classes, structs, and I feel like I sort of have that. Uh, I'm, starting to I'm starting to really understand that. And project architecture and design patterns are super important as well. Basically, I need to understand what I would think would be, I think, 30 to 40% of, of the language um, and all of its use cases. And that means that I need to read a lot of code. I need to, I need to be exposed to a lot of code. And that, that exposure can happen through tutorials or it can happen through me just trying to read through projects. And I think that, again, back to the language example, like reading Harry Potter exposes me to a lot more of the language in one unit of time than doing, to, doing Duolingo. And so I think my focus there would be on reading other projects and trying to understand what's going on in those, in those other projects. So that is, that's my strategy assessment. Um, it has been good to visit the, the battle table and look at, look at all the figurines that are on the battlefield <laughs> and to see what the best approach is moving forward. As I only have about, you know, 48 more days, about, I only have exactly 47 more days, 47? Yeah, 47 more days um, until the challenge is complete and I need to launch my app. Uh, so there's not a lot of time left and I definitely need to have a non-linear improvement in my productivity. So Jack's hack for today to round this episode off is always do the hard thing first. We're talking top-down approach and bottom-up approach. Top-down is the hard thing. And you should always tackle that first when you're feeling fresh in the morning. Um, that's why I choose to read Harry Potter first thing in the morning as that is the hard thing of learning Bahasa and continuing to grow my language abilities there. And simultaneously, tutorials are not the right thing to tackle first thing in the morning. 
they should be something that is reserved for more the end of the day or at least until after a couple hours of like going hard and trying you know getting stuck on a problem it's great to be it it's honestly great to be stuck on a problem because that means that you've been pushing hard you've been you've been putting yourself out of your comfort zone and the best way to get through those stuck points is to first be in them to first be in the stuck point it's it's very different it's very difficult to figure out your way through a stuck point before you've even encountered it and so i think getting stuck is a great time to stop and do tutorials <laughs> um so that's it. That is my commentary for today. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Today is day 43. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.